Joining us now at our studios is the superintendent of schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Uh, Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Jeff. Happy to see you this morning. And happy to see you. Thanks for coming in. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, boy, we have got a lot to talk about. We today. absolutely do. Oh, man, you guys had a busy meeting, and we've got, it's the time of year where we have graduation, yep. the end of school, so so many things to talk about. Where would you like to start? Well, you know, I'd like to start just with uh, Minnesotans know that today is the one-year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. And I think as Minnesotans, um, we've been re- very reflective over the last year, and Minnesota has really been not just the center of this uh, racial reckoning across the United States, you know, but across the world. And I think we just need to take a moment to acknowledge that this historic event, um, such a sad event, uh, the murder of Mr. Floyd, but how it really has uh, prompted uh, a worldwide discussion about our humanity and about how we treat one another. And here in Northfield, um, over the last year, we have done a lot of deep reflection. We uh, adopted an anti-racism framework that looks at uh, things like symbolism, individual behavior, and systems behavior. We took a significant portion of our last teacher day last year for us to reflect on our system and how we either promote inequity or pr- or promote equity for every student. Our vision statement says that we will prepare every student for lifelong success. And when we say every student, we mean every student. And we also believe that we need to provide a world-class learning environment, which is explicitly anti-racist. And so over the last year, you know, we have reviewed things like our curriculum. We have taken on symbols like renaming uh, Sibley Elementary to Spring Creek. I'll talk about retiring the Raider mascot uh, from, last, from last evening's meeting. Doing a tremendous amount of training with our staff. We had uh, racism training for our staff, anti-racism training for our staff in February. We spent one of our professional learning communities each month uh, reflecting on a, a piece of writing or uh, an article or a um, something to listen to or watch and think about how we as human beings are interacting with others and truly trying to achieve uh, a society where everyone is truly equal. And so we have had a lot of growth in the last year in Northfield Public Schools, but we have a long way to go. And so we just need to acknowledge that this Minnesota uh, event, Mr. Floyd's murder, certainly created ripples throughout the entire world and really uh, has, has prompted us to really take a deep look at our humanity and how we treat one another. So we can't let today go by without acknowledging that. Uh, once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us. Uh, as I mentioned, we've got a lot of things to go to so go it. through today. So let's see. You, you mentioned the mascot. Yes. Let's move on to that. Yeah. Um, we have a new mascot. We don't have a new mascot. How did it? Uh, yeah. So how did it end up? Let's go back uh, just a, mm-hmm. uh, over a year ago in uh, twenty twenty, early twenty twenty, pre pandemic. Uh, one of our student council members uh, came to the board during public comment and shared uh, students. Uh, concerned that the existing Raider mascot that goes back to 1956 no longer represented the student body. And we know that that, uh, that former Raider mascot, while not widely used, it wasn't on a lot of our uniforms, but it was, mm-hmm. it was present. Um, and we know the time frame in which it was created, uh, but we also know that it just didn't age well. And so the board this fall did direct the administration to uh, create a process that would result in potentially replacing the mascot. And so last night, after uh, several meetings of reviewing, and we had a committee that did some great work around this and brought forward a a proposed new mascot, the board took two actions. The first action that they took um, was to uh, retire the existing mascot and prohibit its school district use uh, moving forward after July 1 of 2020 and to uh, phase out that 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 mascot and any kinds of things that the school district had as soon as practical. So the first action was 
we're going to officially retire the existing mascot. Now, I'll be very clear, the name Raiders stays. That ra- the, the term Raiders has a very special meaning to people in our community, and we're proud of being Raiders. Our teams have a lot of Raider pride, and we have really developed an identity about what it means to be a Raider. So the name Raider is staying. It was just that uh, mascot that is going to be retired. And the board had a very thoughtful and deliberate discussion. It was actually really unbelievable to watch, uh, really a great example of how boards and commissions should work, respectful discussion. And really the crux of what it is is while they really appreciated and they, to a board member, they complimented the work that the committee who brought forward a proposed mascot, Dr. Joel Lear and, and uh, Activities Director Joel Olson, led this work. The board really said that despite the best efforts uh, to connect the proposed mascot image to the heroics of the townspeople, the proposed mascot just, they, we couldn't get away that it still depicted the outlaws. And we are so proud of the people who defended Northfield and not the outlaws, people who defended against the historic act that took place just down the street here in 1876. But despite the best efforts of the committee, despite the professional work that we had done from our partner at Nuger, uh, a communications firm here in Northfield, our board members, as they talked about, just said, we, we can't talk to people in the community and say that this does not look like the outlaws. And we're not mm-hmm. trying to venerate the outlaws. We're trying to venerate the townspeople. And anybody who's been to the raid you know, knows that sometimes in, at that time period, it would have been hard to differentiate raiders from you know people who are raiding the bank mm-hmm. from people in the community because... You know, those bandits tried to dress like the people in town, right? They didn't want to be caught. So this really thoughtful discussion, first retiring the existing mascot, and then what they chose to do is not to adopt the proposed mascot, but instead uh, confirm that we're going to continue to use the standard block N that is synonymous with Northfield teams as our logo. Um, so really thoughtful discussion, the official vote to retire uh, the existing mascot, and then another vote to not approve uh, the proposed mascot for the reasons that I've shared, uh, and again, complimenting the committee's work and their effort, and then committing and that we are going to continue to use the standard block N, which is you know ubiquitous in Northfield. Everybody knows the block N. When we go mm-hmm. places, they know it's us. And so that was the decision of the board, and they directed us not to do any additional work on, uh, on a mascot at this time. So we're going to move ahead using the block N and with that Raider spirit that we always have had. All right. All right. Uh, let, let's move on. Uh, last night... Uh, Prairie Creek yes. uh, School was, uh, the charter school was on the agenda, and what was discussed with that? Yeah, so I want to remind listeners that Northfield Public Schools is one of only two traditional public school districts in the state that still authorize charter schools. Most charter schools are authorized by something called a single-purpose authorizer. That means it's an organization that all they do is authorize charter schools. So we're one of only two remaining traditional public school districts that seek that designation and still authorize charter schools. We have two great charter schools that we authorize and Prairie Creek Community School, a longtime partner with the district. We approved a new five-year contract last night. So we entered into an agreement uh, that we got feedback from the Department of Education that our contract uh, met all the statutory requirements. So we're thrilled to continue our relationship with Prairie Creek Community School for the next five years. And really want to thank um, uh, Director Simon Tyler, who just did a lot of work on the contract. Uh, Prairie Creek's a, a wonderful school within our uh, school district boundaries, and we're proud to be their authorizer. Yeah, and they do uh, off their 
choices. So yes, good for them, absolutely. along with uh, Art Tech as well. Uh, and while we're talking about the, the, some of the different schools, I also want to bring up um, a story that Rich had earlier this week. Uh, Nancy Antoine yeah. uh, the, of uh, Greenvale School, uh, or Bridgewater, Bridgewater School, School yep. excuse me, Bridgewater, uh, was uh, named uh, the Principal of the Year from Minnesota. That's quite, uh, quite an honor. You know, this is a, a very prestigious honor within mm-hmm. uh, Minnesota. And so, of course, of all the schools in Minnesota, there are the elementary schools make up the most of them, right? Because mm-hmm. every community has at least one, and many like ours have multiple. And there's a lot of great leadership in Minnesota at the elementary school level. But Mrs. Antoine being named the National Association of Elementary School Principals, National Distinguished Principal for Minnesota, uh, is really a momentous step in her career. Mrs. Antoine uh, is a great professional who just cares so deeply about the children, the families, and the staff at Bridgewater. Uh, she is always pushing the envelope to make sure that kids are learning, number one, and that they're cared for. And I could, we could spend an hour talking about the kinds of things that Mrs. Antoine does for her students and for her staff and for her families. Um, she is a deeply committed, altruistic leader. And so every state... Uh, nominates or uh, um, names their national distinguished principal. So in Minnesota, uh, Mrs. Antoine was named that this year, and we couldn't be more proud of her work. All right. Congratulations yes. once again to Nancy Antoine. Uh, let's move on. What uh, what you have? So we have. So we have a lot. <laughs> let's go to. Let's. We, we talked a little bit about the public school choice, right? And so, sure, yeah. Um, we talked about approving the Prairie Creek contract, but we've talked several times about what we've learned through distance learning over the last fifteen months. And as mm-hmm. you know, we were required to adopt and offer a distance learning program during the pandemic. We were not required to continue that Uh, at this point. We've not been told we're required to continue that into the 2021-22 school year. But we know that there are quite a few families who have really appreciated the flexibility that that online opportunity offers. So a few months ago, uh, Director of Hope, uh, Director of Instruction, Instructional Services Hope Langston uh, started working on the application for Northfield Public Schools to become a state-approved online learning provider. So online learning was happening way before the pandemic, but there's a fairly rigorous process that an entity has to go through to be able to get that designation. And so we just found out on Friday that the state approved our application for us to become uh, a state-approved online learning provider. We're going to still call the program Portage. That's what we called it this year. And it allows us to not only enroll Northfield students, but moving forward, it would also allow us to enroll any student in Minnesota in this program. So uh, in another um, demonstration of our commitment to public school choice, Uh, We're going to be offering this online program. We think that there's still people who want this opportunity. We're going to start off with it really being focused as an all-the-time online opportunity with some things where some people enrolled in Portage, especially, well, specifically at the high school, would have some opportunities to do some on-campus things. They would, of course, be able to participate in athletics and activities, and then even some uh, very limited classes that they could take on campus in addition to their full-time online load. We'll continue to see how that evolves over time where we see that online school really being uh, something that is a core part of what we do. Uh, It will evolve, but we'll continue to open where people can have more choices within the online school and within the brick-and-mortar environment to begin with. We're going to do it more like we did this year, but with some things moving forward. We've made a number of modifications. We're going to be using a different content provider moving forward. We're going to move from Odyssey Word to Edgenuity. Um, We learned a lot this year, Um, frankly. A lot of the times we learned what not to do. 
but we know that there's a market for this for people who have an interest and it's something that we can also begin to recruit people outside of our community to uh, attend uh, the Portage uh, Online School, now a state-approved online learning provider. Wow. You know, I had so many questions when you started talking about that. I think you answered every single one of them. <laughs> so thank well, you Jeff, very you know, much. Well, Jeff, one of the things I do is I try to anticipate your questions. <laughs> he is a yeah, mind reader. Once again, Superintendent Hillman is with us from the Northfield Public Schools. Uh, let us see what we have next. Um, are we into the budget yet? Anything yeah, we can do, get uh, in the budget? Yeah, I'll, let's just go through a mm-hmm. couple of other things. So uh, last night, we also looked at a new proposed policy, 950, uh, which would be a land acknowledgement statement. You have reported before about how the city and the colleges have adopted land acknowledgement statements, You know, really affirming uh, to try to repair and strengthen our relationships with indigenous people. This is part of that symbolism piece that I talked about before. This proposal actually came from our district youth council. And so we had a committee of students who researched. They put this all together. They presented twice and fielded some pretty difficult questions from our board policy committee. Uh, We formulated it into a policy and had brought it forward last night for the first reading, so no action. Uh, But again, that land acknowledgement statement, again, is is acknowledging um, some of the past things that has happened to our indigenous peoples, and the Wapakute were the first people to inhabit this area. And then it also talks about how we will use that land acknowledgement statement, and of course, it's about moving from statement to action. So really proud of Amelia Arnold, who's a junior, and uh, she led that group who put the uh, land acknowledgement statement together and put it through the rigorous process of uh, potentially becoming board policy. So that will mm-hmm. be a, uh, will be reviewed and, and voted on at the next meeting. Finally, just for parents, I want people to take a look. We did propose uh, the 2022-23 calendar last night, and we proposed some modest additions to the 2021-22 calendar. Uh, very little changes in the 21-22 calendar. We're going to take the first two traditional days of the school year, the Tuesday after Labor Day and the Wednesday, to do a smaller version of those family conferences that we did last fall. You might remember last fall, Jeff, that we had family conferences to start the year so that everybody could be on the same page with how this unusual school year could look like, the best we thought it could at the time, right? We found such value in having those really deep conversations with parents. We're going to do it again uh, for the next two years. We're proposing that we'll do these again for the next two years. So just a minor modification to the 21-22 school year, you know, having those first, what would have been those first two days of school being family conferences and no students uh, for classes, um, with uh, the first day of school being that Thursday of uh, just after Labor Day. And then we did have to move the last day of school one day forward. So it'll be, you'll, you'll end up one out one day later than you would have uh, in the original calendar. We'll, but we'll be bringing that forward the next time. So those calendars are available, and I'm sure Rich can put them on the website for people to review. All right. Uh, once again, Superintendent Hillman with us. Uh, yeah, finally, the budget. Yeah, the budget. We're uh, heading into the home stretch here. You've got a new fiscal year starting off in uh, what, a month or two. So Minnesota law requires that all school districts adopt a budget by the end of June. And we have continued to try to adopt our budget a little bit earlier so that we can start preparing and getting all of the things done that we need to done for, done for the new fiscal year. Uh, so the way we run our budgets, as you know this is over the past probably 15 or 16 years, Jeff. Uh, we present our budget in various uh, chunks over the period of several months. So we have several areas to our budget. Of course, the largest uh, is the general fund. And that's the one that people look at. But we, we make sure that we present each of the budgeters like debt service and our internal service fund that governs our health and dental insurance. There's a number of community education fund, child nutrition funds. So we go through all of those over a period of a few months. And then last night, it was really the wrap up and tying all of those budgets together. 
The bottom line is that we adopted a, a budget last night that we knew, we predicted that we were going to have a deficit budget for, uh, for next year for a variety of reasons that I think people understand, the, the pandemic, a number of other things. That, and, and we had actually planned this spend down of our fund balance. Um, so we're proposing expenditures of just above $59.8 million. We're anticipating revenues of about $57.7 million. And we are projecting to end next year with 14, a 14.4% uh, unreserved fund balance. And what we look at is we want our goal um, is to have 16% of our annual expenditures uh, in the bank, right? To have at least 16%. This coming year, we're going to projecting to end sl uh, slightly lower than that because of all of the uncertainty of the pandemic. Uh, we chose intentionally not to make any kind of budget adjustments for next year because we just we didn't think we could do that process effectively. And this is exactly why we have been such good stewards over the years, Jeff. 16% is an unusually high fund balance goal for a school district our size, but we have it to be able to accommodate unforeseen circumstances. And I think we've seen the mother of all unforeseen circumstances over the last year. And so while you'll read or report about dozens and dozens of school districts making significant millions of dollars of cuts despite federal uh, infusion of federal dollars because of the way that we've managed our budget over the last several years we did not have to do that and even though 14.4 percent is below our fund balance goal i'll tell you it's still going to be higher than a lot of other districts who their their actual goal so the stewardship that the district has had put us in a good position to handle this and so proposing a deficit budget for next year is something that we can handle we will be doing some budget prioritization for the 23-24 school year. All right, Superintendent Hillman with us, and I'm sure we'll have uh, time uh, later on and uh, over the course of the summer to delve into that a little bit more if you care to. Uh, I want to ask you uh, about one thing, though. This is the last time we'll have you on oh, yeah. before uh, high school graduation. The commencement ceremonies uh, will be in what, about a week, a little over a week and a half or so on June the 6th. Uh, is everything set for that? And for those people, those I'm sure the families probably know what's going on of the graduating seniors, but uh, for the uh, relatives and friends and everything, can they attend? Can they not attend? What is, what is it going to look like? Yes. So as we have talked about all year, things can change you know, fairly quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, we announced several, a couple of months ago that we were very confident we were going to be run, able to um, operate in an in-person commencement ceremony. We've been planning to do that. Uh, as you know, we typically do our graduation outdoors on Memorial Field, so we are doing an outdoor graduation ceremony. And the good news is that the latest uh, relief of restrictions now allows us to not require just a certain amount of people you know, per graduate, but we can have uh, regular attendance so you can bring grandma and grandpa, uncle and aunt, cousin, you know, to the event. So that's very exciting. We are going to even modify the, the orientation of graduation. It's really going to go uh, north-south as opposed to east-west like it has in the past or vice versa, one of those two. So we're just going to, we're going to go the long way on the football field mm -hmm. as, as opposed to the short way. That will allow us to also use the visitor stands for people to be able to sit. Uh, so uh, Dr. Lear, the high school principal, has done a really great job with his team rethinking this so we can be able to have as safe of, a, of an event as practicable. And then just on last Friday, we found out that the Department of Education has even further removed some restrictions for this kind of outdoor event. And we thought because we were going to have more than 500 people that we were going to be required to have people wear masks. But that restriction has now been removed as well. And so we will be able to have what most people would consider to be you know, a regular graduation. Now, we are going to continue with the rain date. So the rain date is for that Monday, June 7th at 6 or 6.30 p.m. 
after the dinner hour. And the key thing is that normally if it rains on graduation day, we move everybody into the gymnasium. We know that will be a real struggle for some people as we start to come out of the pandemic restrictions. That would probably be one of the first really indoor crowded events. And we don't want to create anxiety for people in that situation. That being, a, I mean, it's a crowded event. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to maintain the rain date for the high school graduation so that we can uh, celebrate and be outside without having that worry. Our area learning center graduation they had planned to be outside at the district office, but because of that smaller graduating class and because of the removal of the restrictions, we will be able to have them indoors, uh, and they will be able to do theirs at the high school auditorium, and that's been set for June 3rd at 6 p.m. All right. Boy, so many things going on, and uh, we packed it all in. We got it all done. <laughs> we, were, we were fairly efficient, Jeff. All right. Thanks. Good work. Thank you very much for joining us, Matt. We certainly appreciate it. We'll talk to you uh, sometime in June. Sounds good. All right. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. You're listening to The One, KYMN, Northfield, Minnesota, 95.1 FM and AM 1080.